0: Good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is Gary on Guns. I am pleased to tell you that Garson has made his way in from Grafts in Mexico, Missouri. Garson, good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: Chuck Basie, a former state representative, Second Amendment supporter, friend of the show, also on board with us. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And Dale Roberts. Uh, Dale is uh, has his own website. It's mogunlaw.com, and we're going to rely heavily on a lot of things that. Dale knows about law enforcement. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dale, good morning. We're going to start morning. with uh, my premise has always been that you're much better off doing what the cops say when they stop you than resisting. Uh, that just gets you in trouble. Uh, so humorously, we will start off with a piece we played uh, yesterday on the uh, the uh, regular show. Uh, and it's Chris Rock talking about how to, <laughs> how to not get hurt with a police encounter. Here we go
2: have you ever been face to face with a police officer and wondered is he about to kick my ass well wonder no more if you follow these easy tips you'll be fine first obey the law laws were made for a reason think of them as hints you heard people say man i wouldn't do that shit if i was you well here's some of that carjacking armed robbery arson Selling drugs, buying drugs, stabbing, shooting. You know, you probably won't get your ass kicked if you just use common sense. If you jump a subway turnstile, you might just get off with a warning from the police. But if you jump a turnstile carrying a loaded gun and smoking a joint, then maybe you need your ass kicked. We all know what happened to Rodney King. But Rodney wouldn't have gotten his ass kicked if he had just followed this simple tip. When you see flashing police lights in your mirror, stop immediately. <laughs> Everybody knows, if the police have to come and get you, they're bringing an ass kicking with them. <laughs> Here's a no-brainer. If you're listening to loud rap music, turn that shit off f*** the police while you're getting pulled over by the police is just ignorant. When an officer approaches your car, be polite.
1: Is there a problem,
2: officer? <laughs> and stay in your car with your hands on the wheel. What the do you want, mother? <laughs> Unless you want to ask this. Want to give a friend a ride? Not so fast. Your friend might be crazy. <laughs> now, before you let your friend in your car, ask them these questions. Do you have a gun? Do you have drugs? Do you have any warrants? And in case you do get pulled over by the cops.
1: License and registration, please.
2: Remind your friend to do this one thing. Shut the f*** up. Oh, don't give him s***. What the f*** you want? If you're up to get a friend a ride, get a white friend. A white friend could be the difference between a ticket and a bullet in the ass. <laughs> Here's a tip you should never forget. If your woman is mad at you, leave her at home. Because a mad woman will say anything. He got weed! He got weed. If your woman is mad at you, there's nothing she'd like to see more than you getting your ass kicked. That's right! Kick him! Kick He got me! He got me! Now let's review. Obey the law. Use common sense. Stop immediately. Turn that off. Be polite. Shut the fuck up. Get a white print. And last but not least... Don't ride with a mad woman. If you follow these simple pointers, you probably won't get your ass kicked by the police.
0: <laughs> I mean, it just, a lot of that is, is really common sense. Now, the reason I bring that up is they've released the uh, body cam video of uh, Tyree Nichols getting a snot kicked out of him by the Memphis police. But there was something missing. I've been searching for it all morning. I looked for it last night. And I couldn't find it. What I couldn't find, Dale, was the initial encounter when the police officer turns on his lights, pulls Tyree over, gets out of his car to talk to him. I don't see that video. The video starts with them pulling him out of the car. And don't get me wrong, this is not an excuse for what happened to him ultimately... But my theory has always been, much as uh, the uh, little comedy bit we just played, that if you're compliant, follow orders, you're nice, chances are you walk away without a scratch. But mysteriously, that initial encounter doesn't seem to be
3: on video. Did you find it anywhere, Dale? I have not seen it. I've seen excerpts of the video uh, but not not the video in its entirety and certainly not the the initial few minutes you know
0: uh Garson they they show in one instance a police officer driving up to the encounter which has already begun and there's video of him driving up he hasn't even gotten out of the car yet uh, then he gets out of the car and it's at the same time that they're pulling this guy out of the out of his vehicle so don't you think they have that other video where the first encounter was videoed?
1: I, I would think as as big of a city as that is, they have cameras in their cars. Um, not, I mean, if they got body cam, they have to have uh, cameras sure. in their cars. That, they that do. That seems incredulous that they don't have that footage as well. But, yeah, it was my understanding that he ran from them and there was a chase. Because, you know, on a normal traffic stop... I don't know if they're running one up or two up in their cars, but on a normal traffic stop, you don't have five cops there. Um, So there's other stuff going on behind this. Yes, definitely. But um, it didn't play out well, regardless of how it started.
0: Right. I'm I'm not excusing what ultimately happened. Uh, And, Chuck, it looks as though uh, he didn't start running. You know, it could have been fight or flight. Uh, until um, after the initial encounter, when he's on the ground and they're trying to control the situation and perhaps not doing it correctly, but uh, at that point, you know the the police have already kind of lost control of this.
4: Yeah, there's there's a lot of chaos going on. Um, but I, I thought the same thing, Gary. Last night, my wife and I were watching this, talking about it. But um, you know the uh, and this is not. Unique to this case, it seems like uh, when things like this happen automatically the the people involved are guilty they haven 't even they haven 't even uh, had their chance to go in front of a judge or jury yet and uh, but all of a sudden they're they're convicted in the media and uh um but it but it is unfortunate what happened to this young young man yeah for I mean, sure it, yeah.
0: it shouldn't have ended up this way uh, i I'm, I'm sure it's poor police work Dale probably can can address that it uh but that initial encounter is the important encounter for my position that if you're you know compliant and uh and nice they either give you a ticket um maybe they arrest you if there's some underlying you know warrant or something like that or they let you go but i don't i have never and i have uh, i've had encounters with law enforcement even before I was old enough to drive, because they used to come into the tavern and, and I I met them there. I've never, ever had or seen an experience where a cop just pulled somebody over so they could beat the snot out of them. It, it just, it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, there's something that definitely caused us to escalate in the way that it did. And, yeah. Yeah, they need, I mean, the, the entire story needs to be made available and not just the end of it.
0: All right, we'll kick this around a few more minutes. Uh, Dale Roberts is with us, MoGunlaw.com. Garson is in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. They sell to the whole world, and they're in our backyard. We ought to be uh, taking advantage of that. Former State Representative Chuck Basie, friend of the show, Second Amendment supporter, all with us on Gary and Gun. Good morning, and uh, let me uh, just tell you who is on board with us. Garson is in uh, from Graffs, uh, Dale Roberts MoGunlaw.com. Uh, He's written an interesting thing. uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it a treaty, uh, a a treatise on uh, marijuana and guns. Uh, And then uh, modern art, I'm sorry, then (laughs) Chuck Basie, state representative, former state representative with us. We're talking about this Tyree uh, uh, case with uh, Tyree Nichols and the police. A couple of observations. Uh, One is that I cannot give a final judgment on whether or not. Tyree is partly responsible for what happened to him it's no excuse for what the police did I believe they overreacted I think they, they uh, were not trained well uh, and I think it's, it's terrible what happened no apologies for that but if in that initial encounter he was resisting uh, and, and, and causing a problem himself that's what started it and I think that would be important to know doesn't alter the outcome. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I do think the police uh, really mishandled this badly, and it resulted in a death. But let's move on to the next obvious uh, observation. And that is that all these police officers, they were all the same uh, ethnic background. Uh, they were all black, and so, of course, was Tyree. So there's no screaming. Uh, can you imagine what would have happened if they had been white? I I think there would have been no nothing peaceful about what happened. I know I'm generalizing but it's just based on observation.
1: Well there there are still people claiming that it is still racism.
0: Yeah, it's a little hard to explain that though. Well, they
1: they're saying that they're um, they're Uncle Toms and that they're they're black racist cops because yeah, they, they, they they work for the man.
0: Yeah. Um but it it's not an argument that's easy to stick and uh and I don't frankly uh, buy into it. Uh, Dale, did, do you have any insight?
3: But no, I mean, we, and I, I was glad you played that video since we were talking about it before the show or played that audio from Chris Rock because I don't know, I've never heard of a case where somebody complied with the police and got beaten. I, I, I mean, it's just in every case we talk about, it's cops stop somebody. They start yelling, resist, try to run away, and it goes downhill. Which doesn't necess- i mean, doesn't excuse the overreaction from police officers, but you wonder: Would this have happened if he had said, "You know, here's my license. What do you want?" Period.
0: Yeah. The problem is we don't know because it, they're not showing that to exactly, us.
3: Exactly, and I'm wondering why. Right.
0: Right. So is it because they're afraid uh, that uh, somebody will say, "Well, he, you know, he kind of started this." Right. Is that possible? you think that might be it? Uh, that that uh, if they show him being belligerent in advance of them pulling out of the car, that people might go, well, now I see why they were upset.
3: Right. But, you, I mean, you know it's going to come out. The the attorneys will have discovery. That surely the local media has filed, you know, sunshine requests to see the video. I don't know why they're not doing it at the outset. Yeah, but that, that'll that'll be too late to sway a well, public true. opinion. It, it, may be, it may be a while before it comes out.
0: Uh, what do you guys think of, and, and I know we should deal more with uh, just generally with firearms because that's what Gary on Guns is about, but what do you guys think about the, the decision to release the information Friday at night?
4: What? <laughs> <clears throat> <Boy. laughs> reminds me of what my uh, former FAA bosses used to do uh, when there was something controversial in the facility I worked at. They'd always wait till 4.30 on a Friday afternoon and put it in a reading binder, and then they'd take off for the weekend. And we worked on <laughs> a 24-hour facility, and then, you know, by the time they came back Monday morning, everything was
1: quieted down.
3: Except well, it doesn't work that way on the street. That's the, no, you know, yeah. Friday night is like the worst time to release this. Right.
1: Well, well I always heard that news would be released on Fridays. If they wanted to quell its reaction in the past.
0: Yeah, they wanted to die over the weekend. Here's, here's the logic, as I understand it. They figured that if they waited until Friday after normal business hours, businesses would have a chance to board up their windows and make their way out of the downtown area before all hell breaks loose.
3: Which they did.
0: And that was their... Um, that was why they did it the way they did it. Um, how does that work as opposed to, say, uh, 7 o'clock Monday morning?
3: And that's the thing. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people, I, again, generalization, I think people are less likely to go protest early in the morning and perhaps less likely to do so on a weekday. Some people have to work. Weekend is just wide open. You know, let's let's get crazy, but maybe I'm missing something.
0: Yeah, this could percolate all weekend. Uh, a couple of other things that I wanted to mention. First, these guys have been charged with murder. All five police officers involved are charged with murder. What is the protest about?
3: Well, I'm I'm sure people are still going to protest that treatment he received but you're right we the problem in theory has been addressed it certainly appears to have been addressed rather quickly um maybe prematurely but we'll see well i don't even think it was
0: prematurely based on what we've seen but the point is you protest when there is an uncorrected injustice and this was a corrected injustice they are charging them with murder what else do you want you want us to hang them before we try them what why are they protesting in uh, New York and Los Angeles and, and Dallas when this happened in Memphis? It, it, none of it makes, makes sense on that, uh, in that light.
4: Gary, I'm trying to find your answer on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Twitter
3: feed. <laughs> but I just can't seem to find it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of these protests don't Makes sense. And and, I mean, Ferguson destroying your own community and the stores that serve you, and the list goes on. Well, you
0: know, the irony of Ferguson, Dale, is that most of the people who were arrested didn't live in the state. Yeah, they were all bust in. Right.
1: Thanks, George. Right.
0: Uh, You know, in fact, if you look at Georgia, where they're trying to uh, build that uh, law enforcement training facility, all of those protests in Atlanta. All but one of the people arrested were from out of state. I mean, they came from as far away as the state of Washington. Well, somebody
1: paid professional protesters
0: is fomenting this kind of insurrection. Uh, And and it it gets out of hand pretty quickly. Fortunately, we didn't see any violence overnight. But, you know, we're not out of the woods.
3: No, it was cold last night.
0: You, 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 you know, you do have a point there. Crime does, if I'm not mistaken, uh, go up uh, in the summer when it's warm.
3: Yeah. I think until the bonfires get started, it's going to be too cold to protest.
0: So uh, the bottom line here is I stand by my position that if you are compliant, do what you're told, uh, not rude, Uh, In all likelihood, you're going to walk away. If the police were wrong, you then have an opportunity to go to court. But if you resist, you end up getting in trouble. And in this case, um, we don't know for sure what the initial encounter was, but no excuses. The police overreacted, uh, and and it's poor training. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, training for, say, uh, law enforcement in Columbia, Missouri, uh, Dale, uh, and and kind of get a feel for what police officers there. You know, what's their training? How long does it last? Do you know?
3: I don't know the numbers. I mean, there's and and much of it is prescribed by state law by the Post peace Officers Standards and Training Commission that says they have to do so many hours. I, I do know the officers in Columbia used to complain because they were required to spend hours training about um you know what if there's a wastewater spill what if the, uh, things that were not really at the top of their list you know top of the list of things they're supposed to handle um but you know and even in memphis i don't know yet if it's a training issue or if it's bad personnel i mean they may have been trained how to respond and they just didn't do it
0: Look how challenging it is to hire good men and women to go into law enforcement oh, yeah. when the government treats them the way they do. Oh, yeah. We'll kick that around for a couple of minutes, too. Uh, this is Gary on Guns. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Garson is in from Crafts in Mexico, Missouri. Chuck Basie, former state representative, Second Amendment supporter. He is with us, as is Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com. Uh, Dale, I'm thinking, you know, if you want better policing... You need better training and you need better people. And I'm wondering, you know, what you know, what is the, the, uh, the likelihood that the best people are going to apply for that job when you see uh, all of these, uh, you know, defund the police and you see city administrators uh, turning on, the, on law enforcement and their own police officers... Is that
3: a challenge that you're aware of? It's an enormous challenge. And it started, it's referred to as the Ferguson effect. Um, and from that point forward, recruiting has been extremely difficult. Uh, you know, officers, in, as a rule, are not paid very much, Not certainly not well paid. And they get very little support from the city and, in many cases, from the public And it's dangerous work. And for at least a year and a half now, the Columbia police officers have been forced back onto working 12-hour shifts. And, you know, there's some that like it because that means they work, they go to work fewer times. You know, you may work four, 12-hour shifts and be off for a couple of days. But when you think about somebody who's already been working for eight or nine hours in whatever kind of weather in and out of a car, whatever kind of stressors they're dealing with, and at ten hours or eleven hours, they may have to engage in a high speed pursuit, deal with an unruly, you know, citizen, use their firearm. That's just a risk that I think is unnecessary. You know, asking people who are tired and have been doing that for several days on end to react well in the eleventh hour is I think unreasonable.
0: Yeah, I think it's a bit uh, a bit much as well. If you, want good, uh, if you want good personnel, you treat them well. And if, if the uh, local government isn't treating them well, you're not going to get them. No. Uh, I'm going to move on because I got a message uh, from a listener. And it actually uh, showed up in my inbox earlier in the week. Uh, John sent me a message. He said, this is for Gary on Guns program. The link is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, They're a little light on real numbers. Wonder if you can fact check. Uh, And so I looked at the the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and it says, some might argue that mass shootings, you recall they just had a couple in California, that killed 11 people in California somehow proves that gun restrictions don't work. After all, California has the toughest gun control laws in America, but even a cursory look at the data find that tragedies like this are the exception that underscore the rule. Uh, The uh, editorial board goes on to say California has among the lowest gun death rates in the country, as do Illinois and other states with strong gun laws. Largely unregulated states like Missouri, meanwhile, consistently have among the highest death rates. Um, And so I, uh, I, I did a little homework. I looked it up, and... It's kind of a mixed bag, to tell you the truth. Uh, number of murders involving firearms in the United States in 2020 by state. California is number one. 1,606.
1: Is this a per capita?
0: This is overall, and this oh. is that's where I'm getting to. Uh, Missouri is like number 10. But what they're uh, saying in the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch is that per 100,000 people... If you look at it that way, Missouri is more dangerous than California. So I'm looking for some insight here. Chuck, any insight, anything you can think of?
4: Oh, um, a few things. Um, You know, if you you look at St. Louis, for example, it's always a high rate of uh, gun crimes, murders. Things of that nature, but you'd look at the lack of prosecutions over there and hear what a couple of years ago there, um, Kim Gardner, the uh, what's her district attorney, whatever yeah, prosec- she uh, she just refused to even look at charges if they came from um, a small number of police officers over there wouldn't even look at it, and um, so you factor that in there. I think that might have uh, have an effect,
0: but uh, on the other hand. Uh, Dale, there is a prosecutor in, I think it's L.A. County, who has pretty much the same mentality about, um, in fact, they tried to get him out of office, uh, and they were unsuccessful in their petition drive, but he's kind of doing the same thing. Why is California per capita in a better state than Missouri?
3: And and that, I, I mean, you know, off the top of my head, I don't have an answer for, um... You know, I think you'd have to go back and look at, you know, so Missouri has St. Louis and Kansas City and Springfield, and those are high-crime areas. Uh,
0: Who runs those cities? Are those controlled by Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians?
3: Kansas City and St. Louis are certainly run by Democrats. Uh, Springfield's kind of a mixed bag. It's a, it's a uh, conservative area, but there are some liberal leaders in, in city administration in Springfield. Uh, so, you know, there's so many other things to look at. You know, we've, I think we've talked about this before. Department of Justice says municipalities should have 2.5 officers for every thousand residents. And certainly officers can try to engage in crime prevention. Columbia has about 1.2. Uh, Springfield has about three officers for every thousand people. St. Louis, if I remember right, had about four officers for every thousand people, You know, what effect does that have? You know, there are so many variables involved. And and the other, you know, irrespective of the laws, you look at the crimes committed. I think 71% of gunshot victims have previous arrest records. And 64% of gunshot victims had already been convicted of a crime in their past. So... I think it's fair to wonder what activity they were involved in that causes them to get shot. Um, you know, I, I'd have to go to somebody like John Lott to <laughs> ask, yeah, to you know, because sort this he, out.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's let's kind of, uh, uh, Garson, uh, take a different view of this. You and I are in charge of uh, and given the task of trying to reduce gun violence in the state of Missouri what would be the you know what would where would you look what would what would be your first you know the first step
1: enforcing current laws
0: enforcing current laws all right but i think there's a bigger problem here i i uh, you know i think uh, part of the problem is the war on drugs i think that's a significant problem that causes uh, greater uh, violence i think government supporting people who aren't working is also part of the problem. Um, does any of this it make sense, Chuck? It, 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 does it make sense that if the government is paying you to not work
4: that you're more likely to get in trouble? I would think that would play into it. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, I, know, I heard you talking about that the other day on the on the show, Gary, about uh, yeah,
1: you know, but by people that being logic, paid not to work. By that logic, though, really rich people that don't work would also be more likely to be criminals as well than... But a- oh, wait, never mind. They run for
3: Congress. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about rich people who don't work. I don't know about... There are a lot of people who have money who still work or... Or keep? Yeah, you know, but the remain. ones that
1: are rich enough that don't, you would think, would be yeah. more criminalistic I by think, that statement.
3: I, I, I think
0: you know if they had to work hard to get rich, um,
3: they have that ethic. Yeah. I, I think one big problem. I mean, problem, the Sinaloa cartel works hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, know. but that goes with my war on drugs question.
3: Yeah, very true. But you know, to me, that especially in these you know mass shootings, mental health. You can't tell me that people who who go out and shoot five or ten people have good mental health. In, invariably, there are problems with those people that may not have been treated.
1: Well, that goes uh, back to uh, a bill that was passed in the eighties under Reagan. And that may be. I mean, it's been.
0: I think they forced Reagan's hand on it. I don't think he. he
1: well, I even. mean, but it was under him still. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that went through that I would say he wouldn't have agreed with, but
3: still... And I that's haven't. never talked... I, I've never heard that talked about. You know, it's always, we've got to get the guns. There's never mention of, maybe we should address people's mental health. I, well, people in general, whether it's mental health or
1: health or other issues, it, it's it's a people problem, period. Not an inanimate object problem.
0: Yeah, well, and, and one of the uh, regular responses, I think, from our side is... You know, if more people were uh, concealed carrying and, and trained, uh, the bad guy could get stopped more often. These things would be less less heinous. Still heinous, but less. Uh, uh, because a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. But I think there's something else missing here. And I can't quite put my finger
1: on it. I, I'd say bullying falls into that. Um, it, you know. it could very well
0: be that because we really have two really major urban areas. And the rest of the state is pretty rural. You know, we got Columbia is a little, uh, you know, a little left-leaning. And Springfield is, is a little bit bigger than Columbia. But really, the bulk of the population is in those
4: two urban areas. Well, Gary, you've talked about it before on your on your show. I've heard you uh, mention that, um, in various topics about the... The breakdown of the family, in, uh, especially in bigger urban cities, uh, the lack of father figures in a lot of these homes. Yep. And the, st- the stats are really uh, alarming if you look at that in detail.
0: Yeah, we'll kind of kick that around a little bit, too. Yeah, we got a Brian, he, he's producing the show. He wants, he wants a paycheck. He's so picky about that stuff. So we'll take a break and come back.
1: Got to keep you in sandwiches.
0: I'm <laughs> Gary Ungun. Hey, welcome! Glad to have you with us on Carry On Guns. We're talking about um, gun laws, California versus Missouri, and the per capita, uh, uh, per hundred thousand, uh, there are more gun laws, uh, more murders in Missouri than than California, and I and and uh, the St. Louis Post Dispatch is saying that's because California has tougher gun laws, and I'm not sure that we're that this is a fair comparison. Because I think the concentration of people in the state of Missouri, the highest concentration, is in those two urban areas which are, uh, you know, the more likely place to find murders. California is more spread out. And I'm not saying that San Francisco and Los Angeles uh, aren't uh, similarly uh, uh, large in, in compared to the population of other parts of the state. But I think there is a lot more spread out in California and, and so I think what we may have here is a correlation, not causation. Uh, did, did, is that clearly understood, or did
3: I make that sound like mud? Uh, Dale? Well, I mean, that makes sense. And, and as I said, it's hard for me when there are so many potential variables to sort something like that out. Yeah. Um, it's a, <laughs> a job. It's just tough. Yeah, It's yeah. it's not as simple
0: as the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Makes it seem. But overall, they do have more gun deaths in California than we do. They're ranked number one. We're number ten. Um, I, you know what? Somebody just sent me. I just got an email, and uh, it's for 3D printers. Uh, and uh, it looks like uh, from a high of 450 bucks to, uh, like, 199
3: Why do I want a 3D printer? I got, I've got. got no need for one. Um you can use them to print, to create guns and gun parts. You can use them to create cat toys. I mean, there's multiple uses.
0: What did you say about You using? asked for it.
3: I'm sorry, my mic just went dead.
0: Yeah, and you're following it. Um, uh, well,
1: no, so 3D printers like start out cheap like 200 bucks, but some of them go up to thousands of dollars. Um, there's a suppressor manufacturer um using a metal 3D printer to completely print their suppressors.
0: Wow. I don't know why. I, it just it just popped up here in my email. By the way, if you want to send me a message uh you can go to com, and it will pop up in studio. Uh William Parker says, "Wow, what a statist. Enforce the current unconstitutional tyranny on the books? That's an answer." This discussion is based on false premise, no matter what the Bill of Rights uh, is the supreme law. I, I, William, in defense of Garson's statement, uh, if you've got somebody who commits a crime like theft or uh, assault or something, you arrest them and take them off the street. That is what, it's what government's supposed to do, protect our rights by taking the bad guys off the street. But we're not doing that. We're turning them loose in many cases. To yeah, I'm cause talking harm criminally again.
1: here. I'm not talking about every other agency that needs to be abolished.
0: Yeah, so I think that's uh, just a little bit uh, different, Dale. Yes, what is sir? this thing that you wrote?
3: Um, marijuana and firearms. Obviously, uh, with Amendment Three in Missouri, there's been a lot of discussion about: Can I still have? Uh, my firearms, if I have marijuana. And evidently somebody called the show last week and asked about it. And the message was, and they went to mogunlaw.com and emailed me about it. So I, you know, wrote up a, you know, a, an opinion or some information about it. And, you know, the the end of the story is it is still a violation under federal law. You can't uh, you know, the form 4473, when you go to buy a gun, asks, are you an illegal drug user? And the ATF amended that form about five or six years ago to say, you know, marijuana is a, is illegal federally. We don't care what your state has done. So if you answer, yes, I use marijuana, you can't buy a gun. If you answer no, you're lying on a federal form, and that's a serious offense, Um However, under state law, it would appear with Amendment 3's changes, it is no longer illegal to have a gun and marijuana under Missouri state law. So, so any- if I'm
0: if I'm in uh, New York and I've got a medical marijuana card, or I've uh, you know, or they've legalized recreational marijuana, can I own a gun? I maybe not. can uh, maybe I can't
3: buy a gun from a dealer, but can I own a gun? Under federal law, no. And then, as I said, in Missouri, under state law, that's not an offense. But the federal law still says that's a violation. You can't have a gun. You can't have any ammunition. And, you know, as I mentioned in this piece that I wrote up, uh, you know, maybe the chances of getting caught are small. It would have to be a federal officer to arrest you at FBI or ATF or somebody. But if you do get caught... You know, the penalty can be up to uh, 10 years in prison, $5,000 fine, conviction for felony at the federal level, attorney's fees, you know, something of an inconvenience.
0: <laughs> something of an inconvenience, That's something of an understatement.
3: And then you will be a felon and then we'll be a to... Right, and then you're a felon and can't have a gun, so...
0: Doesn't it seem absolutely ludicrous that you can go out and buy a, a six-pack... Uh, a fifth of seven crown uh, and, and and own a gun, even buy a gun but if you smoke a
3: joint, you somehow are criminal? Well, <laughs> you know, as someone once said, it doesn't have to make sense, it's just the law. Um, Kevin Jameson? Yes. yep. So, you know, and of course there are bills, there have been bills, there are current bills at the federal level to remove marijuana from the, you know, Controlled Drugs, List Controlled Substances Act. Um, With the change, so many changes in so many states towards the change in attitude, the change in laws towards marijuana, maybe the feds will move on it.
0: You can only hope, but then they seem to be going in the other direction um, over at BATF. Anyway, show and tell is coming up. We got more hot topics. We've got calls coming in. We're gonna take them all. I'm Gary Gunn.